Face down near an elm tree, stuffing coming out through the ruptured stitching of a Canada goose parka. Lourdes flips tin at the cop standing guard and ducks under the tape, not liking the way her trousers crackle with the bend. A month without carbs and she still can't get under 165, but fuck it, she's bootylicious and proud. Always been a big girl with lots of bounds to the ounce, all creamy cafe con leche abundance busting from a halter top when she was waitressing undercover at the Golden Lady Gentleman's Lounge, substantial and serious when she's wearing her Lane Bryant business suit in the squad room. Either way, whoever couldn't appreciate that rear view had no class and could just move it along. Nothing to see here, fellas. Detective Robles, welcome back. Captain Bowman, the CO from her patrol days, is just inside the tape, shivering in the spring chill. I'll cue the balloons. She smiles and bunches her cheeks up like brioche tops. Three months back in the detective squad and still catching grief from the trolls downstairs. What else could she expect? Even before she got in trouble, she'd been dangerously low on allies at the 7-8. Pretty much everyone she used to work with had been pissed about her getting to jump the line before she'd even completed her 18-month rotation in narcotics. But none of them happened to be getting highlights at the sophisticated lady hair salon on Flatbush Avenue when a five-time loser named Tyrell Humphreys tried to hold the place up with a 22, which he dry-clicked twice upside Lourdes's head after she ID'd herself as a cop. Somehow, even with a smock on, she'd managed to wrestle the gat away before shooting him in the ball sack, which in turn led to her getting promoted at a special ceremony attended by the mayor and the PC. Her photo appeared in the Daily News, effectively ending her career as an undercover, and leaving her unprotected six months later when her fuckwit partner, Eric Hines, got caught on a cell phone camera verbally abusing an Arab cab driver for cutting them off on Ocean Parkway, with Lourdes standing behind him, silent and embarrassed. The clip became an instant YouTube sensation, 75,000 clicks in the first three hours, earning Hines a new assignment moving Staten Island barricades and lured us six weeks in a Viper room, watching security monitors in a housing project basement. When she got out, she was no longer known as the heroine of the hair salon, but as that fat girl who got in trouble. What do we got, Captain? Deep breath, Elro. Taxpayer down. White guy? Amazing. You're getting called in six hours after your tour ends and you figured that out on your own? No wonder they let you hang on to that little gold shield. Four detectives from her squad are already at the scene, joining a couple of medical legal investigators from the ME's office in Tyvek suits and booties. Two CSU techs take photos and make notes. The ghouls are parking the morgue van over by the Parks Administration building. She notices that every time she catches someone's eye, it darts away. The 911 operator patched the call through a few minutes past 11, Bowman says. Residents across the street reported hearing shots. Lourdes looks over at the limestones and brownstones on the other side of Prospect Park West, lined up like 19th century novels you needed perfect ACT scores to read. Each worth four million easy these days, more if you could get a dentist or a shrink paying office rent on the garden floor. It must be 20 years since the last murder in the park that white people cared about. A drama teacher got shot for his mountain bike near Swan Lake back when she was in fifth grade and Brooklyn was still fierce. Nowadays, the whole damn park is an ad for healthy urban living, at least when the sun is up. 
Private foundations and citizen volunteers had poured dollars and hours into protecting the trees, saving the ducks, bringing in the Metropolitan Opera, and chasing junkies from the bandshell. Any Saturday or Sunday, the 600 acres are fields of well-tended flesh, world-class runners, Tour de France wannabes, Audubon Society bird freaks, Olympian volleyball players and Ivy Leaguers dragging their $500 congas to the African drum circle in the grove. At night, though, the ghosts still come out. The picnic house gets shrouded in mists like a castle from some old Shakespeare play. Homeless people still hide out in encampments in the woods where they can lie down quietly with their sorrows in the moonlight. The occasional wolf pack still roams over from Parkside Avenue or Empire Boulevard. Every few years, a ninja with a sword shows up in the Vale of Kashmir, a vengeful spirit from the 80s slashing at gay men in the bushes.